we've been in a, uh, a series and we've been talking about um, um, gratitude and, and, and thank, thankfulness. And how many are thankful uh, for, for the things in your life? <clears throat> Amen. I, I, am, I am more than thankful for the things in my life. And I've just been spending the last few weeks, I like to do this. Thank you, Matt. I am thankful for you for bringing that to me. Amen. Uh, I'm thankful for that because my throat is, man, I don't know if it's the weather change or what. I just got a lot of stuff happening back there today. But I, I, I do, I just want to say I, I'm grateful for what God is doing in, in my life. And I just really have been praying and taking note. I've been, uh, you know, I said this, I think, in the week one of our series. I've been journaling or what I say journaling. But I've been writing down every day something that I'm thankful for. And um, and it's just really making me stop and think about how good God has been to me. How many could raise your hand and say, hey, God's been good to me. Look around. Look around. I want you to look at that. I want you to look how good God has been. Say, hey, God's not been good to me. Look around. He'll be good to you if you let him, all right? And so um, I, I want to stay in that vein of thought since we're in the middle of Thanksgiving, um, about to go into that. And I will say this, Wednesday night. We will dismiss our service Wednesday night because we want you to be with your family. Some of you will be cooking uh, that night uh, for long. Some of you people will be spending the next day or two getting everything ready to make it perfect for Thanksgiving just so your nine-year-old kid will eat rolls. Some of you know what I'm talking <laughs> The bald ones back there. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah, so... Uh, uh, some of you, you know, who I, I had the privilege Friday, I will say this Friday, um, the Royal Rangers went on a camp out Friday and, uh, man, and I went out there with them for a while, but pastor's old bones couldn't handle the cold and, uh, no, but we had a great time out there and, uh, man just had, uh, just a great time visiting with those young men, had a lot of fun. And I want to say thank you to all of the leaders who were out there and uh, roughed it. Come on, let's give give them a hand. Um, I know uh, Brother David and, and Brother Mark Lynn was out there, and then also Eric England. And, and Eric gave a devotion, and it was it was a great devotion there around the campfire. We were huddled around that campfire. I could tell you that we were very close. And so, uh, but we had a lot of fun out there. It was good. I had fun, got back in my truck in the heater, and drove off. The pastor's not much for roughing it, I guess, so much. Uh, but, uh, uh, but anyway, so uh, we had a good time out there. And I, I do want to say this. It was amazing when we were out there. We were sitting around the campfire, and Asher Lynn, uh, which is uh, Mark and Heather's son, was, was sitting there around the fire. And while we were all sitting there, he just started asking everyone. He just said, you know, let's just say, for instance, he looked at, at Novak, my son, and said, hey, Novak, what are you thankful for? And then Novak would say, and then he asked Jaden, hey, what are you thankful for? And he asked Owen and Jackson, and he began to go around the whole thing just asking what you're thankful for. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, hey, what are you thankful for? What are you thankful for? All right. Now, if someone asks you that, you need to tell them something. All right. All right. So you go back to them and say, hey, you tell them what you're thankful for. Come on. Come on. Somebody do that now. And uh, it did my heart good to see uh, 
our, our young men, you know, and talking about what they're thankful for. And there was a variety of answers, you know, and, uh, but it was, it was a great, great time. So today I want to stay in the same vein of thought, talking about gratitude and what that is. And uh, last, last week we talked about, uh, you know, don't be a grumpy Gus. You could be a silly goose, but don't be a grumpy Gus. And, um, you know, how many know that a bad attitude will spread? Amen? And how many know that a good attitude will spread? You know, you get a choice every day you get up to be mad or be glad. And I would say pick the latter because it's going to help you out in the long run. So be, And we talked about that last week. It talked about how uh, ingratitude can lead us down a slippery slope. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about that just a little bit. If you have your Bibles, and we'll stay in this same uh, vein of verse that we've been um, going through every, every week. First Thessalonians chapter 5, um, verse 16. And I, I want to speak to you on this topic, the power of thanks. The power of thanks. Everyone look at your neighbor say, the power of thanks. All right, good. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. And, and, man, this is a, a short bit of Scripture, but it packs a lot of punch. It packs a ton of punch, I promise you. It says this, rejoice always. Everyone say, rejoice always. And then it says, pray without ceasing. Everyone say, pray without ceasing. And then verse 18 says, give thanks in all circumstances. Everyone say, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Uh, all right, three things there. Man, simple, simple things. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances. How many, how many like simple steps? How many say that's pretty simple to follow, right? That, I, I could do that. And here's the thing. Some of you are saying, hey, what's God's will for my life? It is to rejoice always to pray without ceasing, and to give thanks in all circumstances. When you don't know what to do, if you'll do these three things, God will help you to know what to do. So, uh, and I've said this, I've said this every week, but Thanksgiving is not a day that we celebrate, but a lifestyle that we initiate. Thanksgiving doesn't stop on Thursday at midnight or Friday morning at midnight. You know what? Thanksgiving as a believer should continue day after day, minute after minute, hour after hour. Say, I don't always feel like giving thanks. Well, tough luck. Do it anyways. Give thanks. And, and so this is what I've learned, and some of you need to hear this today. Uh, the remedy of selfishness is thankfulness. It is. When you're, when you're grateful and when you're thankful for something, and so let's, will you bow your heads, let's pray today. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you that, uh, Lord, that you would see fit, Lord, that I would be able to speak today. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just uh, anoint me. God, Lord, that you would use me how you see fit today. God, let these words not be mine, but be yours. God, I pray, Lord, that lives would be changed today. And, Lord, that we would leave here today with a thankful heart. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, all right. How many of you uh, have, uh, you know, I, I grew up, I have a, a great aunt, she's, she's no longer with us, she passed away several years ago, but my great aunt, which was my grandma's sister, she didn't have any grandkids. Well, my grandma, uh, you know, my dad 
on my dad's side, he had five brothers and a sister, okay? So there was a lot of them. And so there was 26 grandkids. Everyone say, that's a lot of grandkids. All right? But my great aunt, her name was Aunt Helen. How many, how many have ever had a grand, a, a, an Aunt Helen in your life? She didn't have any grandkids of her own, but she was always sweet. She would always buy all of us, her sister's grandkids, something for Christmas. Now, sometimes it was, uh, you know, sometimes you just didn't know what you were going to get from her. And, 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 you know, she would, it was like a surprise. She'd just mail it to you. She would mail it to us, and we would get this, and we would know it was from, from Aunt Helen, and we would, and it was obscure things. Anybody have, know what I'm talking about? The aunt and the person in your family? If, that, if you don't know who that is, that's probably you. All right? That, that just sends you obscure things, and they were random. And I have a, uh, one, my cousin, he, he was living here in Indiana. I think he was about 17, 18 years old. Some of you know him, Jeremiah. Jeremiah Hezekiah is his name. <laughs> you man, doesn't get much better than that, right? Jeremiah Hezekiah. And, uh, and Aunt Helen sent him a gift when he was about 17, 18 years old. When I say these gifts were obscure, you just did not know. It was kind of like, what am I going to get? It's kind of like a Cracker Jack box. You just didn't know what you were going to get from Aunt Helen. And, and so, uh, you know, one year she sent my 17, 18-year-old, he was 17, 18 years old, she sent him a little rabbit in a box. And so he got this little rabbit, and this rabbit was made of tin, and this rabbit you could wind up, and it was about this big, and it would do this. And I remember one year going to their house, and uh, we would, us cousins, we'd always be like, hey, what did Aunt Helen send you? Because we knew, we knew it was going to be something good. And he'd be like, man, Aunt Helen sent me the best gift this year. She sent me this mechanical rabbit. And I was like, what are you going to do with that? He said, I don't know. And he just sat there and jumped. You just got to know my cousin. And he just jumped with that little mechanical rabbit. And I, you know, one year she sent us a bunch of movies, a B-rated movies that no one knew the titles of. And I don't know where she got these movies from. And I still haven't seen these movies since. I mean, so uh, it, it was just kind of amazing. But she would always do this. But it was amazing. After Christmas, she would always call uh, the houses. And she, they would call my parents' house. And, and that was back before caller ID. Some of you don't even know what that was like. And that was back before caller ID. So when you answered the phone, you didn't know who you were going to get. And so sometimes, you know, I'd be answering the phone thinking it was my girlfriend or whatever. And it was Aunt Helen. She'd be like, hey, hon, how are you doing? That's how she talked. And I was like, oh, hey, Aunt Helen, how are you? And she'd be like, did you like the gift I got you? And I'd be like, oh, absolutely. Love it. Love it. Glad I got this. Whatever it is, this B-rated movie. Have you watched it? No. I mean, Yes. You know, and my parents, they made sure that I understood what gratitude was. I was talking to my sister yesterday in one of the churches that my parents pastored at. And she was about eight, I think. She was telling me the story. I was laughing. And a lady in the church had made her a bunch of jumper dresses. How many of you know what I'm talking about? All right, some of you people just raise your hand. And, and, and my sister was eight. She was out playing. And this lady took the time to make these dresses or, or jumpers or whatever. I don't even know what that is. But she made them for her. And, and my sister was out playing. And my mom's like, hey, you need to come in here. You need to try these on. And my sister got a little snippy. If you don't know my sister, she can get a little, she's a little sarcastic. She's very fast, very quick-witted. She got a little snippy. My mom said, hey, you get in here and you try these on. And you'd be grateful that, that she made these for you. 
my sister got a little, little, little got in trouble, got a little spanking for, for acting out a little bit right there in that moment. But, you know, and I, I was talking to my sister about that, and I said, I'm so glad that my parents uh, instilled into me good gratitude, being thankful for, for things. I didn't always understand it. You know, when you're eight years old, you don't always understand why you got to go try on a dress that somebody made for you, right? Don't always understand that. So what I think about this, so fast forward to now, now that I'm a parent and I have kids, oh, you know what kills me? When someone does something for my kids and my kids are not grateful. You know, and when, when they're just like, oh, that's, that's cool. Probably the way my parents thought that I was with Aunt Helen. Why are you so ungrateful? She's sending you something. She doesn't even have to send you anything, you know, but she's sending you something. And, and you know, what do we say at, at our kids' birthday parties? When, when they get something, they're just kind of like, oh, that's cool. They just kind of put it to the side. You, you look at them and you go, you say thank you. And if you don't, you're going to regret it, right? Some of you moms are looking at me, you know, some of your dads are like, you know, and you look at them and you say, you make sure you say thank you for that. And, you know, it's always so heartfelt. Thank you. You know, right? Thank you for this. I really appreciate that. Um, but last week we talked about ingratitude or, or grumpiness. And here's the thing, you know, when we're grumpy and, and have a bad attitude and we're ungrateful for, for the uh, things that God has done in our, in our lives, it leaves us very vulnerable uh, but I can't help but think sometimes there are times in my life, maybe I'm not grumpy, but I still show ingratitude because I don't verbalize what God has done in my life. Right? Um, and so I, I begin to think about that. And so, uh, you know, and, and there's all kinds of scientific proof that, that your health is increased when you have gratitude. Look it up. The Bible's known this for a long time. Science is finally catching up to the Bible. That's usually the way it works. It's catching up to the Bible. But if you have an attitude of gratitude, it helps your health. You sleep better. You know, you, your overall life, your health, your your organs, your, you feel better. And there's so many other things. But, you know, it's, it's almost like God knew what he was doing. Amen. Something about that gratitude. So I want to talk to you, and I'm not, I'm not going to keep you long today. Everyone say, boy, you got a lot of faith, Pastor. I'm not going to keep you long. But I want to talk to you about three things that we can do uh, to, to say thanks. Simple things, all right? Simple things, all right? Uh, and, and so three things here. Number one, right here, if you're a note taker, you can, you can write this down. And I'm just laying a little foundation here. We're going somewhere with this, I promise. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, hey, we're going somewhere. Everyone look at your other neighbor and go, all right, we're going somewhere. Number one, number one, now before you, you get mad at me and want to throw stuff at me, but I, I want to just show you something. A lack of gratitude or thanksgiving is the source of all kinds of sin. You say, well, you know, is it being un ungrateful? Is that a sin? Well, I just want to show you something here. Um, in Romans chapter 1 at the end, the Apostle Paul, he describes the unraveling of the world as a result of sin. How many of you have ever read that before in, in Romans chapter 1? So check this out. He describes things like idolatry, impurity, sexual immorality, and all kinds of sin. Look at this. Romans 1, 29 um, through 31, it says this. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, uh, covetousness, malice. They are all full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, uh, maliciousness, and they are gossips. Verse 30, oh, slanderers, haters of God, uh, uh, insolent, 
haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to their parents. Disobedient to their parents. Did you guys catch that down here in the front? Disobedient to their parents. Foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. That's a pretty rough little bit of scripture when you read that, right? But before you get to all that ugliness in verse 29 through 31, there's a key sin that takes place in verse 21. Go back to verse 21. It says this, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give, or give, or give what? Thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. It's amazing to me, so the so this this tells me, and a matter of fact, you know, it's amazing. Paul would also write about this in in in, in Timothy when he talks about the last days. You know, he said there will be perilous times, and right in the middle of that big list of perilous times is this word ungrateful or unthankful. And how many know that that when we're ungrateful, when we have a bad attitude, when we're not thankful for things, you know what? We tend to be a little bit selfish. Nobody likes to be around somebody spoiled, right? Some of you are looking around. How many of you have siblings in here? How many have brothers and sisters? How many would say that your siblings are a little more spoiled than you? You know why you say that? Because they are selfish, right? They get something that you don't. Maybe you're the selfish one thinking that they're selfish. You ever thought about that? But here's, look at this. In this verse, at the fountainhead of evil and disobedience is ingratitude. Doesn't mean that I'm necessarily grumpy about it, but I may just be overseeing the simple thing of saying thanks. So, so, uh, so many of us know God; we have a relationship with Him, but oftentimes uh, we neglect to show thankfulness, gratitude, and appreciation for Him. How many could say, "Hey, I'm a little bit guilty of that at times"? How many drove to church today? How many had gas money to get to church today? How many are going to lunch today or going home to eat today? How many had a warm bed? And all the rangers said, not on Friday. We have a lot to be thankful for. You know, how many know that we live in a great nation? It's not perfect, but listen, it is a great nation. And for that, I am thankful that I am here. So we have a lot to be thankful for. Point number two, I told you I'm going to fly through these today. Some of you are like, man, we might get out before the Baptist today. Praise the Lord. Point two right here. Giving thanks is a command. It's what scripture, it's what it says. It's a, it's a command. It's not, here's the thing. Gratitude is not a suggestion. It's a command. When you know it's a command and you are insubordinate or you don't do it, guess what? That means that you are disobedient to what the Lord has told you to do. James says it like this, to know to do good and not do it is. So if you know that you're supposed to be given gratitude, but yet you don't, you refrain from that. You don't do those things. Listen to me. Um, you know, thanks is mentioned 102 times in the Old Testament. And everyone say, wow, that's a lot. Some of you say, well, what about the New Testament? 71 times in the New Testament. So 173 times we are instructed to give thanks. 
Some of you say, hey, my parents told me a lot at birthday parties. You need to say thank you for that. Well, the Lord's telling you, hey, you need to say thankful, thank you for that. Look at this. I want to show you some scripture right here. First Chronicles 16, 34 says this. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. What did that say? Oh, give what? Psalm 7, 17 says, I will give to the Lord the Due to his righteousness, I will sing praises to the name of the Lord Most High. Psalm 9-1. I will give to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. Psalm 34-18 says, I will in the great congregation. Psalm 95-2 says, let us come before him with. Psalm 104 says, enter his gates with. Psalm 106.1 says, praise the Lord, oh, give, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Colossians 2, 6 through 7 says, therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in your faith, just as you were taught, abounding in Oh, let's do it again. Ephesians 5, 19 through 20 says, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving always and for everything to God, the Father, in the name of the Lord, Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18 says, give what? In all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you. What I'm trying to tell you today is this is not a recommendation from God. This is a mandate from God that we ought to give thanks. As a matter of fact, I think you ought to stand up on your feet right now, and you ought to give God a thunderous ovation of thanks to him for what he's done and who he is. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Listen, you know, this verse, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all circumstances, all circumstances. That means good, that means bad, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So when you examine the Greek in this verse, and, you know, some of you say it's all Greek to me, right? Uh, but when you examine the Greek in this verse, you discover that the verb give thanks there is both imperative, that means you must do it, and and it's present tense, which means you must keep doing it continually, over and over and over. Here's what that says. We are to never stop expressing our gratitude to Jesus Christ for what he's done. It doesn't say just express your thanks of gratitude when times are good. You know, I, I went this week, I went down to a, to a concert down in Evansville, and I saw Casting Crowns and the, and the band Kane, and they sing this song, it's, it's I Am Blessed. And one of the lines in that song, I love it so much, it says, on my best day, I'm a child of God. And the next line says, on my worst day, I'm still a child of God. So whatever you're going through, when I look at this verse, and it says, give thanks in all circumstances, that tells me that I'm a child of God, and I've always got something to be thankful for, Amen. I love that. And not only does this tell us to keep doing it, but Paul says it is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So 
Um, point three, right here. And I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. Praise the Lord. Amen. Man, you didn't know. Miracles do happen. Amen. How many are grateful and thankful for that? <laughs> Don't clap. This is one of those moments I need you to have ingratitude just for myself. All right. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just teasing. Oh. Everyone say give thanks at all times. And here's what I'll tell you. When you begin to give thanks to the Lord, this is how the Lord works. You cannot outgive God. When you begin to give him thanks, you, you, you're, you're, you cannot outgive God. He's designed it that way. Go with me in your Bible to Luke chapter 17. This is a beautiful story. Uh, the 11th uh, verse there. Luke 17, 11. I love this. I love this bit of scripture. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. And I love, I, I just love Jesus because not only is he on his way to Jerusalem, but he is on his way to Jerusalem to, to basically be put on trial. But before he, he, on his way there, he takes care of this need right here. And I think there's something so pivotal and so important in this bit of scripture. Luke 17 verse 11 says this. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee, and he entered a village, and he was met by ten lepers. Everyone say ten lepers. Lepers, L-E-P-E-R-S, not leopards with the spots, different things, all right, lepers. So these guys were, were sick. They had, they had a disease. Who stood at a distance, verse 13, and, and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So I, I want you to, to think about this, I, and I will say this. Maybe you're here today, and you say, "Hey, I, I'm I'm in a I'm in a struggle of my life. I'm in a fight of my life. I'm I'm going through something." Can I tell you that Jesus is closer than you think? And if you'll do like these lepers and just say, "Hey, Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, I'm over here. I I'm struggling. I I, I need you. You know what? Jesus will take notice." Jesus will take notice. I don't know where you're at. I don't know your situation. I don't know why. And this isn't even in my notes. But I will tell you this. If you call to Jesus, he will be there. So how do you know that? Because I'm living proof of that. He's saved me and he's brought me out a lot of things. Can I, can I tell you something? Something about leprosy, the disease leprosy, which we don't deal with here in America. But if you go to some third world countries, it still exists. And it's pretty much eradicated at this time. But, but leprosy... In scripture is a is a type of a picture of sin. It's, it's what leprosy. I mean, when we we see leprosy, it we 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 can correlate it to to sin basically, and, and that doesn't mean that these guys necessarily had sin in their life. But but what happens with leprosy is it starts with a small spot, and it may not seem so bad, and 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 then it gets a little bit worse, and then it turns red and swells, and then boils begin to happen, and then I could get really gross on you, pus begins to come, and then the disease continues to spread and spread until eventually it gets to your, to your fingers, and then it gets to your ears, and people's ears fall off, and their fingertips fall off, how many know that's a terrible picture, but can I tell you something, you know what sin does, sin starts really small, the Bible says sin is fun for a season, what it says. You know, there may be a season you may be walking in that said, oh man, my life is great. My life is fun. Can I tell you something? The wages of sin is death. 
And it will eventually lead there. Listen, it will, it will just get on you like leprosy and spread and spread and spread. And so sin starts small, then it spreads. And what was fun, all of a sudden is an addiction. Come on. Or a loss. And then you're bound up and you're like, man, I, I don't know how I got to this place. I've never met a drug addict that didn't say, I don't know how I got to this place. I just like I didn't mean to get here, but this is where I have never met an addict that that said that didn't say you know they, they didn't start trying to get there. But this is what we know about lepers: they were separated from society because this this disease was so contagious. And sin is contagious. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. Right? So if, if you're around the people that are that are sinning, listen, listen. I'll use Matt right here. It's gonna rub off on you. you say, oh, how do you know that? I've seen it done. Listen, I was a youth pastor for years, and I saw so many people like, oh, I'm going to go try to try to be where the lost people are, which you need to do that, but you need to know that you're founded in Jesus Christ, and you need to go with the intention of, hey, I'm not going to let them pull me down, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to pull them up. You better, you better know what you're doing when you go into those situations. But lepers, they were separated from society. And can I tell you what sin does? It separates us from God. That's it. That's what it is. That's what it does. It separates us from God, from the fall of man, you know. And then, and so there's this. And lepers, what would happen, and if you go back to Leviticus, I believe it's chapter 14, um, it, they would have to be made clean by by appearing in front of the priest, and they would have to do go through this whole process. They'd have to shave their eyebrows and shave their head and all kinds of stuff. And if after seven days they'd have to go back and see this priest, and the priest would be like, hey, you're clean or you're not clean. And he would tell them if they could go back into society or not. And what's interesting about this as I was studying this, um, I don't, I can't find anywhere in Scripture where a, a Jewish person went from being being a leper, a leper to being free that went through this process that went to a priest you say well, well what about Naaman well he wasn't a Jew so uh, but but looking at this that, that's that's neither here nor there but look verse 14 says this when he saw them he said to them this is Jesus he saw the ten lepers they said have mercy on me Jesus saw them and he said to them go and show yourselves to the priest and as they went they were cleansed. I, I love this bit of scripture. So, um, and I, I had mentioned, you know, they had to, to be made clean by, by going before the priest. But look at this. I love Jesus. Uh, he, he does something here. He tells them, start walking to Jerusalem. Start walking to the priest. Start heading that direction. And, 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 and really, if we look at this story, we don't know when they started being healed, but we do know that they are healed as once they started, they got besides themselves, they started to be obedient to what Jesus told them to do. Listen to me. Some of you want to be free from things. Some of you want to be let go of some things in your life. Some of you say, hey, I need to be free from bondage. When you start doing what Jesus straight told you to do, listen, you'll start walking and God will start blessing and God will start taking those things off of you. It's all about obedience. See, here's the thing. My, my tendency is this. Lord, I'm struggling. Fix my situation. Fix it right now so I don't have to deal with this, right? How selfish is that, really? Fix it for me, 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 me. But the Lord says to these lepers, hey, start walking. 
You know what that is? It's a step of faith. I don't know what's going to happen here, but Jesus, that guy, I've heard he's healed people. So I'm going to go ahead and just start walking towards the priest. Don't know what else to do. And I will encourage you today, start walking today. Start walking today. And it may not mean that, that things will change in, the, in, in an instant, but if you will take a step of faith today, God can change you. Amen. How many believe that? 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says this, we walk by faith, not by sight. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. And every life-changing event with Jesus starts with obedience to his voice. You want to be free? Be obedient to what he's told you to do. I'll give you another scripture here. Matthew 16, 24 says this. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. You know what that means? Get the selfishness off of you. Deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And say, God, I'm willing to squash my own desire to follow you. What does that mean? going to have to drop your pride. Woo, come on, somebody. You're going to have to surrender to his word. I know this is simple today, but listen, this is, this is potent. You've got you to surrender to his word, his will, and his direction for your life. Verse 15 says this. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now, he was a Samaritan. So, I'm going to do math here. So, ten lepers went to see the priest, but only one came back as a priest and gave a sacrifice to Jesus. It's amazing to me. Only one came back to give thanks and praise to Jesus. Why why is this why is this story in there? I think this story tells us the nature of how we are. God fix me. I'll just be on my way. God fix me. God fix me. Jesus is back there. He's like But one turns, goes back, says, "I'll worship you, Lord. I'll worship you, Lord. Look at this." Uh, you know, and I didn't get to this, but the Greek word, and I was going to talk about this in week one, but the Greek word for thanks or gratitude is Eucharista. Eucharista. How many have ever heard that word? Eucharist. We've heard of Eucharist, communion, right? That's that's what the word for communion, but Eucharista, and that stems from the word charis. How many have heard me talk about charis? You know what? C-H-A-R-I-S in the middle of Eucharist. You know what that word means? Grace. Right in the middle of gratitude is God's grace. Unmerited, undeserved favor. That leper got unmerited, undeserved favor. So our gratitude is grace. It's thanksgiving and and joy. And they all go hand in hand. And, and, And Eucharista is an offering of thanks out of the abundance of grace given to me. You know why I like to sing? You know why I like to worship the Lord? Because God has been so good to me, and I don't deserve any of it. It's to give God thanks in light of His grace and mercy over us. And Eucharista is grace abounding. I talked about that. Reciprocal. God gives it. I praise Him. 
I thank him back. And then what happens in my life when God gives me grace, then I come along and I see somebody like Matt. And I'm, I give Matt grace, even though he's uglier than me, not as good looking. That's not graceful, was it? But I give him grace because God's given me grace. I give him mercy because God's given me. Because I start thinking about myself like, I, I don't even deserve this. So I ought to be kind to this person. I ought to be nice to this. It's reciprocal. It's not one way. It's, it, it's, a, it's not a horizontal plane. It's a cycle of giving and receiving. God gives his grace, and I thank him. And you know what? That, that just goes on and on. It's abounding. You know what? I love this statement. God does not need a sacrifice for sacrifice's sake. He doesn't, but he does delight in your expression over him and to him. That expression is what, what is going on in the heart of the leopard, and, and he would be going on, and it should be going on in our hearts today. So, so this one gave thanks out of the abundance of the grace given to him. God healed me. I need to go back. I need to go back. Look at this, verse 17. Then Jesus answered, I love Jesus. We're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Well, remember, he's a Samaritan. Now, this tells me this, that, that all these lepers, there were Samaritans and there was probably Jews there. And it's funny how sin makes us all the same. It's an even playing ground. Those guys didn't get along. The Jews didn't get along. The Samaritans, Samaritans didn't get along. They didn't get along. And the one person that came back to give thanks to Jesus was a Samaritan. It's amazing to me. This foreigner, and he says this in verse 19. And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. It's the power of thanks. It's the power of thanks. Jesus, he asked a good question here. I know, I, I know there were 10 of you, and only one comes back. I don't know. That's my nature and our nature sometimes. God's been so good to us. Sometimes it's not that we mean to do it, but sometimes we're just, we don't show gratitude. It's like me and Aunt Helen. I just don't show the gratitude that, that she took the time to think about me and give me something. You know what? I'm still talking about her today. But how often in our lives do we go through day by day and say, forget the grace and the mercy of, that God has put on every one of us. So this Samaritan comes back and he's the least deserving of God's grace. I don't know about you, but I'm the least deserving of God's grace. If you knew who I was, if you knew me, you say, oh, but your pastor, listen, if you knew who I was, I'm only standing here by God's grace and God's mercy. You're only here today by God's grace and mercy. Listen to me. If you're here today, you don't know Jesus, you need to know that his grace and his mercy is calling you today. Jesus, he notices those who come back and say, hey, thanks. In Malachi, um, chapter 3, verse 16, it says, the things concerning the Lord has done for us, he, he, how he blesses us and his faithfulness to us are written in the book of remembrance. That's what, what it says. It's, it's written down. Did you know that? It's like Jesus has a baby book. Some of you have baby books with your kids, and you got your belly, their kid's belly button in there. That's weird. And you got their teeth in there, and you got their hair in there, and you got the, oh, this is when they said da-da, and this is when they said mama, and this is when they started walking, right? And all these little details. But let me ask you this. 
if God was to pull out your book, would it be a pamphlet or would it be thick, full of thankfulness? It's not an indictment. That's just a question. I'm asking you. In Luke 7, I love this. In Luke 7, when the prostitute washed Jesus' feet with her tears and dried them with her, with her hair, Jesus said to the host, when I came into your house, you know what? You didn't greet me. You didn't greet me with a kiss or you didn't wash my feet. You say, what does that mean, Pastor? What does that have to do with what you're talking about? That means Jesus not only notices the things that people do, but he also notices the things that we fail to do. You say, oh, man, that's, that's, that seems rough. You know, in our lives and, and, and in situations, we, we, we fail to show gratitude for what he's done. And how many blessings has the Lord given me today without me stopping and going, thank you, Lord. I filled up my truck last night. I didn't feel like thanking the Lord, but I thank the Lord that I had money in my bank account that I could fill up my truck. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for keeping me another day. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. And I love this story of this man, man because he goes back and with abounding grace goes back to Jesus and just drops at his feet and he says, thank you. Thank you. See, there's power in thank you. I said this, and I'll say it again. Christ doesn't need a sacrifice for sacrifice's sake. He's looking for a heart of gratitude. He does not have an ego problem. He just, he's looking for your heart. Thank you. Thank you. When my parents got on to me when I didn't say thank you and said, you better say thank you, they weren't looking for, you know, to give that person an ego. They were just saying, hey, be grateful for what they have done for you. When you come to, to Jesus' feet like this leper, you say, thank you, his grace abounds. That's what I want to do. Bow your heads with me all across this building. Lord, Heavenly Father.